And we're back with a question and answer session with Digital Master and the Space Coder. Um, if you missed the section, we talked about our discussion portion where we talked about the new player experience, uh, the goods, the bads, uh, the, the things, the, 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 the problem signs going forward with 319's new, new player experience and how CIG can improve it. Uh, make sure there'll be a link right above Digital Master's head. Just click that link and you'll be able to go watch that first. Watch that, then come here. The reason why I say that is because if you're watching this first, we may say we've already answered that in the previous thing just because if we rehashed everything we said in the first one, we'd be here for hours. So make sure you check that out first. And of course, follow the Digital Master on uh, YouTube and uh, Space Coder on uh, YouTube as well on their social medias. Both of those links will be in below on YouTube. Uh, yeah. And with that, let's go to the first question. The first question is from Gin and Tonic, who asks, if CIG is to build a new user, uh, a new new player experience, do you think it's good to use a uh, good use of resources as it's going to need a whole dedicated team to keep up to date? And it's most likely going to be a quarter quarter late consistently. Uh, I'll start with you on the, this space coder. What do you think? Depends. If they were to dedicate, you know, a whole team of probably 10 people to do it right now, that would be a waste of resources. Things are changing too fast. And the game, you know, there's what we are seeing is, you know, the latest stable version of the game. But they have multiple layers of things that we don't see. And these guys was just would just be forever playing catch up to the new tech. And then there will be the cycle of having to chase the developers making the new features to provide the guide to the internal team and then the internal team trying to process it to a tutorial. So I think that's a bit of a waste of time. I think they just need to kind of improve the inline user experience. Literally just take two guys and add signs to every landing zone. It's going to be maybe two weeks of developer effort and I think it's going to help everybody. And just leave it like that until probably until beta. And I think that would be it. Anything more than that is probably too much, depending on how much resources CIG have. That's it. Digi, what do you think? I think they should continue to lean on the con the content creators, not just saying so that I can keep making videos. <laughs> <laughs> But I think they should lean on that a bit more because I totally agree. Like if, if any of that would take away resources from, you know, any of the key things that are being built, which is what I would suspect too, then I, I, I just say, let's just keep going. Because the two things I look at is how well Star Citizen is doing. Like every year, it seems like there's more players coming to the game. So yes, we do absolutely need a new player experience, but we have great content creators. I'm talking about everybody else except myself, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great content creators who can actually lift that that load, uh, I think, uh, right now. And that way, get all those things built out, get things, you know, where they need to be, where like beta phase, where you can really start to focus more on those types of things. And I think that would be the best best way to go about that. But as far as putting pulling too many resources for this right now, I think it's a bit too early for that, personally. Okay. And I mean, you know, I, we want CAG to do well, but if CAG do the development well, then I lose half my content, so. Uh... <laughs> uh, per personally, I think there are ways you can do the new player experience, which won't be as difficult to catch up with, but I think trying to put it all in the PU right now is a mistake just because of how yeah. how quickly things change. I like the idea that that the space coder talked about when you were talking about earlier about uh, 
utilize AC. I mean, it's perfect. Arena Commander mm-hmm. is the perfect option for that. It's a place where it's you can fail because yeah. it's a it's a great place. You know, where where fail you can fail without huge consequences, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's something that's easier to turn around. You know, you can you can pivot with it a lot easier. Uh, and if it breaks, it breaks. It doesn't break the whole game. It just breaks the AC <laughs> module. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from uh, Blazrad, who asks, do you think the new player experience is a best placed in the PU, or do you think a tutorial mode in Arena Commander would be a better option? Digi, what do you think? Totally agree. Like uh, we were talking about, I, I totally agree with that, because it's, it's isolated. It's siloed away from the main branch, if you will. Arena so it's Commander. like, yeah, exactly. So it's like you, you, you can... I, th- I think it's a great test bed to troubleshoot features I- as well. But like, like I said, yeah, totally separated out arena commander, some sort of module, like you said, Paul. And I think uh, that would be the best way to go instead of the PU personally. Space cutter. What do you think? I agree. Uh, splitting it out into arena commander, it gives CAG more flexibility and it also provides a safe environment. Also one thing that kind of struck me in the arena commander ISC is that eventually they might be able to do separate releases for Arena Commander modules. So, you know, if something breaks or they need to add something into Arena Commander, they might be able to do it outside of an actual game release, which gives them even more flexibility to get these things done. So I I think that just creates a very good environment to create this sort of learning content, let's say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, question from YouTube, uh, and I'll start with you on this one, the Space Coder. What time frame is the points everyone's making about with a new player experience? The next year or two uh, or closer to, to, to beta? When you're talking about this, the, the stuff you'd like to see uh, for a new player experience, are we talking about a year from now, two years, beta, Space Coder? It's very difficult to say because we, you know, two years ago, we, they told us we would have Pyro right now mm. in our hands and we are nowhere near that paraphrased we're nowhere near that because there is some things on the background going on we are we have another question in there in, the, in there about this so i will not mm. answer it now but so i think definitely not this year definitely not next year definitely not next two years because we're not going to be anywhere near it probably close to beta when Things are more stable gameplay-wise when we don't have a major shift in how it works every quarter. Probably when we're mostly adding content, that's the place where we need to be doing new player experience and all these tutorials and then, you know, tutorial content type thing. Okay. Uh, Digi, your thoughts. What's, what time frame are you looking at for some of these things you might, might want to see in a new player experience? I would say beta for me, um, and I, it, only because I think it, it goes back to what we were talking about before, as far as like the resources that are needed, depending on how, what they're actually trying to do. But if you're talking about some of the things we were we are hoping for, I think it's going to require a good number of resources to to build that out. And so right now, I think uh, it's just the wrong time. I, I, I wouldn't expect it. Or I hope it doesn't <laughs> get prioritized personally, but uh, beta for me, uh, I think that's best also because it, it to me, it makes the most sense. It's like you have a lot of your systems built, you got server meshing in, you know, you got all these technological foundational things already in. So now your feature teams are actually building on top of that and things are much more concrete. So 
that's when you start to build that experience because you that means you have less things to worry about as far as going back and you know repaving like i was talking about before repaving uh this feature because you just changed it again so i think beta is like to me the optimal time i'm with you on that i think um Mm -hmm. i'm still i still think that you could do it earlier if you did it in a real commander because again it's one of those Mm -hmm. if it breaks you just turn it off you know, <laughs> but, but, but beta is the best one because you're just not, that way you're not having to constantly chase the tail and eventually, right. yeah, it's just a waste of resources at a certain point. Um, I think we might see it once because right now my understanding is that the arena commander team, they're just kind of catching up to the technology and developing new tools for themselves. Mm-hmm. And once they're done at some point in the next two years, I think they will be able to bring in new arena commander content very quickly and keep it up to date. Because my understanding was that they have a couple developers, some designers. I think they even might have some narrative people happening in that sort of mm-hmm. task force going on. So I, I think it's possible we might see it. Probably not to a too big of an extent. I think they're mostly going to focus on you know bringing in the com, you know combat arenas, having some racing. Maybe they're gonna do something about the free fly modes, having private lobbies, that kind of stuff. Remains to be seen. Yeah. All right. All right. Next question comes from Jordan Sparks from YouTube, who asks, uh, "Do you think that they're looking at new player experience now because they're eyeing Squadron Forty Two's release date?" Digi, what do you think? I think it's a different game, and I don't think you train people to play Stars or Squadron Forty Two through Star Citizen, <laughs> personally, because that's a different game. It's a single player game. Uh, the uh, tutorial for Star Citizen is a multiplayer game, so. Um, that's my opinion on that one. Uh, that's an interesting question, though. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think those are. You think you treat those separately as okay. far as tutorials go? Yeah. Swiss cutter. Well, long, long time ago, I think it was like three, four years ago, five even maybe. Sage released an hour-long vertical slice of Squadron Forty Two, mm-hmm. and if you watch it, it actually has an in-game tutorial on how to control the game. So. I think it's completely split. Quadrant 40 will probably have its own thing because it's going to have some things that are specific to Squadron 42. Uh, I think we'll see to how, what extent because my, and Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, the story of Squadron 42 happens many, many years before the current time in the PU. 2944, so things... I think, is when it starts. And we're correct, 2953. So, yeah. And it, it, mm-hmm. every year we go, we're distancing ourselves even further from the actual right. dates. So, so. so things are going to look different. Things are going to work different, very likely. And you might see things that don't exist in the PU. So I think they're going to have their own tutorial because they're still two separate games. So there might be people out there who only have Squadron 42. Mm. So they haven't played the PU this whole time. It's probably not going to be a lot of people, but they haven't played the PU. They haven't played Star Citizen. They only have Squadron 42. So you have to bring those people into the mechanics of Star Citizen. I would say in an ideal world, you get a lot of people with Squadron 42 because it's a single-player game and then be like, hey, there's mm-hmm. this, this multiplayer game right here. You can play. It's just like Squadron 42, but multiplayer, enjoy it. Go over here. Yeah, you know? Hey, you know, you, you finished Squadron 42. Hey, you know, if... If you go into the multiplayer version, you can continue the story of your character, yeah. and you're gonna get a shiny thing. Yes, yep. exactly. A little, a little, a little, little taste, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Next question comes from Elwalk, who asks, 
What's the hang-up with landing zone maps? I think it's the biggest change for a challenge for a noob right now. Are there any good maps out in the community? Asking for a friend. Space Coder. Yes, there are good maps made by the community. Uh, go look on the community hub. I, I, there's a bunch of people who did maps. Even for outposts, there was, a, there was an org at some point. They mapped moons and outposts. Uh, but what's the holdup with maps? What's the hang-ups? Like, hang like, why are people against maps? Like, maps for uh, landing zones? I have yeah. Like, I, I know that there's some technological barriers that CAG need to overcome before they're able to do anything about the star map and adding maps. But we have seen that they have a working demo for Squadron 42. So I think eventually that's going to get ported over into the PU question is how difficult that is because I, I have a feeling that they rather than having them generated the maps, they have to make them manually which is not very ideal so technological challenges, that's why we don't have a new map that's why we don't have a new star map a new star map is blocked by I think server meshing so yes, it just kind of piles on but I, yeah. I don't know why people don't want them. I think having a proper map for things, at least for you know landing zones, having a proper map for your landing zone that tells you, oh, here's the tram stop, here's a shop, just basic things. You know, you go to a good example is like minimap or the you know world map in Elder Scrolls Online. It doesn't tell you exactly what's going on, but it tells you enough. Like, okay, here's a shop, here's a person of interest, and it kind of helps you navigate the world as as you go along along with many other things, because ESO is kind of the staple of MMOs, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Elwox um, uh, clarified that it was, he was asking about, uh, they were asking about uh, landing zones, um, about, or with, uh, with CIG specifically, why aren't they doing it? But I think we already answered that question, which is like, it's just the technology isn't quite there yet for a lot yeah. of things. Digi, what, you, what do you think? I was going to say the same thing. I, I think is what I, I don't know what that technology technology limitation is. I don't know if it is truly server meshing. If it is, I, I haven't heard that. But if it is, then yeah, it's going to be a while. But I, I would I would like to imagine that because if correct me if I'm wrong, I thought they were supposed to be working on the uh, star map this year. Like they are, they've been working mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, so, and so they're possibly, I believe they said they have like they have some blocker on it at mm -hmm. some point. I'm not sure if it was during SC Live at some point or if it was during CitizenCon. Mm -hmm. I know that during CitizenCon they demoed a new location map, mm -hmm. uh, but they said that it's just a prototype. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's some problem with bringing that over. I think what they're struggling with is somehow generating this automatically okay. rather than having to make it. Because having yeah, to make it for every location yeah, would be gotcha. problematic. So I think that's gotcha. that's what's happening. And to have a dynamic map, you need to be pulling information from the server, from the actual instance. And for that, you need the services that are managing server meshing and shards, for which you need the server meshing underlying tech. And, and just that mm -hmm. chain of requirements, it just keeps getting longer. So yes, they're working on it. We will see it eventually, probably not very soon. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I know they're building it for Squadron first, and they've been working mm -hmm. on, uh, like, like the last one of the last months, they talked about how they added grid coordinates, grids and grid coordinates for each map, so you actually can tell where you are on a map, rather right. than just know, like, oh, I'm here. It's like, like mm -hmm. a grid 
you know, 7A, you know, whatever here. So, um, I, I, I don't know, but I, th- I think uh, what I was going to say was what, what, what Space Coder said, which is the whole, like, they're trying to make it dynamic. I know that. They, yeah. they want to make it so that it's, it, it auto-generates. My only kind of pause is where it auto-generates at, like, an outpost or in the middle of nowhere. It's like, I don't know where I am. Why, why does my map suddenly know where I am? <laughs> and all of the layouts and topography and all that kind of stuff. The, yeah. you know, I'd like to have some mystery still there where you, you yeah, still have this, but you could like ping also, out or make some 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 sensors yeah. or something. Yeah, I feel like you know there's that missing gameplay because when you are at a moon and you have a comary, then there is a reasonable chance that that moon has been mapped. So you open your map there, you should have a map or you should have an idea. If you don't have a map, you should have an idea uh, what your coordinates are for mm-hmm. that planet. But if you are at a brand new world planet, whatever, there is no comary. There is no way from for you to download your coordinates. You only have, I guess, you have you know, north south directions where you are. You might be able to have coordinates because I'm assuming you scanned the planet before you landed, and you just kind of end up with this long chain of missing gameplay, and that's yeah. another problem. Uh, all right, next question comes from Cupan, who asks the classic question. How is everyone today? Digi, how are you doing today? Oh, that's a great question. I'm doing pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I finally had I had a scare early this week. Uh, my computer died and I had to quickly get it built back up. But uh, outside of that, it's been a wonderful week. Was it, was it <laughs> so a, like one thing died and you had to like find the replacer? Yes. I hate that. Well, one thing died, but it, it also opened up an opportunity because my... So here's the thing. It was my hard drive, the OS drive yeah. that died. Mm-hmm. So I had to get a new hard drive, but I said, you know, I have an old CPU, so now would be a great time to upgrade that. So I did that too. So I've had that <laughs> I have a better computer than I did before. So I'm happy. If you're digging around in there, might as well. Yeah, yeah. might as well, you know. <laughs> How are you doing, Spencer? Yeah. Well, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, like I said before, I bought an apartment. It's going to be months before I can move in because the current owners have to move out and there's a shit ton of paperwork. And I'm going to be meeting a lot of lawyers and my anxiety is is through the atmosphere right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, you know, I, I didn't think adulting is, is this this anxiety inducing. Yeah. I, it, you know, I thought I'm an adult, but I, I am not. Like, I, I was not ready for this. <laughs> I, I purchased my first home a couple of years ago and it, it is an excruciating experience. It is. Yes. It is painful, painful and it takes forever. And yeah. the worst part is not knowing it's the like, yeah. like, well, technically we have it, mm-hmm. but anything can still happen. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're just sitting there going, that's it. Yep. Yeah, because the problem is like the current owners, they have a mortgage on the apartment. Mm-hmm. So they, and they are building a house, but they ran out of money to build a house. That's why they're selling the apartment. So now they have to move the mortgage off the apartment onto the house, which takes a month. And then it takes another month to clear the record. And then it takes another month to write the apartment into my name. So that's three months in total. So it's going to be wow. sometime in May, June, depending on how bureaucracy goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, ah, I want to scream. Yeah. yeah, you just want to get over it. But yeah, yeah. And, and then there's you know, the tremendous amount of crippling debt mm-hmm. involved in this. I am I owe I owe thirty years of my life to the to the bank now. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. For, for a brief second, you're very rich. Yes, and then you realize what what, what that came with. 
and then, <laughs> and then you're wondering like wouldn't it be easier to just 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 stop existing <laughs> like you know what? Maybe, maybe i should just just give up and go uh hurt sheep in the falklands or something <laughs> no one's gonna find me there <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm doing okay, Cuban. I'm doing okay. I'm, um, uh, my brother-in-law's visiting is going, it went back to his, to his home to visit family. Uh, so this is the first weekend I've had, cause he's been staying with us for the last couple of months while he's getting on his feet. Cause he's moving down to Texas. And, uh, it's been the first time I've had the house to myself period. I mean, just me and my wife was like, it's calm. I feel good. It feels nice to, to, to have that space again. So, uh, all right. I like the words of encouragement. Yeah. I was just looking at mortgages and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. I needed that. <laughs> you, you will feel better once you realize I own this. This is all mine. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure like the first month at the apartment, because I'm going to live there alone probably. And it's a three bedroom. It's, it's, it's a huge apartment. I'm going to be scared out of my mind at every noise. I'm going to sleep with a gun under my pillow because I'm going to be terrified. Oh and then it's going to be okay. Like, I'm yeah. going to wake up one morning and it's going to be okay. What's beautiful is when you see the value go up yeah. and your mortgage value goes down, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> the crazy part. You yeah. when, when, you, when you look a year later and you're like, there's no way it's worth that much now. There's, right, no, right. there's no way that can happen. <laughs> What what, exactly. what I didn't do anything. Why is it now suddenly yeah. more valuable? It's that not part. changed at all. <laughs> it's it's insane. Actually, here in Czech Republic, they have a problem right now where so Czech Republic has their own currency, the Czech Corona. Mm-hmm. Compared to every other country around it which has Euro, Euro besides Poland. Yeah. So in Czech Republic, the inflation currently is like 18-ish percent. Mm-hmm. And the interest rates on mortgages are like between five and ten percent, depending on how lucky you get. Everywhere outside, it's just like 3% max. Yeah. yeah. So no one here can afford to buy anything right now. Oh, I see. My advantage is that I'm from Slovakia, which is two hours drive over the border, where I can borrow money for much cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I pulled this off with 30 years of selling my soul to the bank. But that's, 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 yeah. that's, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the advantage is you can always sell it again, and when when you when you when you yeah. like now it's yours. Exactly. You're not just like, my plan is, you know, in, in ten years when I get bored or just go insane with city life, I'm just gonna sell an apartment and buy a vineyard somewhere in the country and just live there with a bunch of cats and, and be happy. There you, <laughs> <go>. <laughs> you don't you don't want to know what, what what I paid my interest for my for my, for my mortgage. It's uh it's disgustingly slow uh, small. It's it's one point seven percent. Oh my goodness! Do you know how much interest my parents had for their house? No, point three percent. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, the, that house they bought a rundown house. They completely rebuilt it. They added the floor. It cost a shit ton of money back then, but that house is worth so much money right now. Yeah, because the neighborhood yeah. went up in value and. Ah, just fuck sakes. That, that this makes me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, if 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 you are my age, I'm I'm 25 right now. For mm. those of you in the chat, if you wanted to buy a property at a good price, you should have started saving when you were born. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how yeah. it is. 
Yeah, you know, you know, right away, you left the hospital as a baby. You should have been investing in real estate. Right away. <laughs> right away. First money, your grandma gave you, you know, a dollar when you were five years old. Right away, real estate. Just go to the bank and put it in the real estate fund. <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Fishy, um, who asks, when do you think CIG will snap and add another light fighter? And what will it be like? Did I you remember everyone? You... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I sort of preempted that. Thank you. Um, I remember everyone was asking for a RSI fighter. Um, we never, yeah, we know. never got that. We never got that. We have right? Scorpius. The Scorpius. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. But not light though. Like not that's light. a heavy fighter, yeah. right? No, yeah. no, that that's that's heavy. Yeah. So that's a good question, and I am in that boat of I would like to see an RSI because I'm an RSI fan. So. Mm-hmm one of the manufacturers that I love so much, but I would love to see an RSI light fighter enter the fray. Especially. What do you think? I think, yeah, RSI would, I, I think RSI is, is a good place to go with the light fighter because they're, I don't know if you have noticed, but they're trying to refine the RSI design language yeah. Yeah. for the eventual rework of the constellation. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be next, even though we just had the Scorpius, but as to answer the question of when there's going to be a next light fighter, uh, when's Invictus? <laughs> uh, June, <laughs> May, I think. Yep. Uh, May, yeah. yeah that sounds yeah. about right. Because at this point, I feel like we have a we have a new unannounced ship coming out pretty much every patch cycle. So there are five unannounced ships that are in like 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 gray box or later. It's nuts yeah. how many things they have. So so yeah. we're probably getting a light fighter or something this year. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, I'm going to say the meme answer and say Argo. The Argo <laughs> light fighter. They're just going to shut go. guns to the MPUV and just be like, call it a day. The, 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 the multi-purpose violence vehicle. No, um, the MPVV. Now I hope they do that, Paul. Now I hope they do that. That's their April Fool's joke. They just put a bomb on the back of an MPUV and strap some guns to the side. Um, <laughs> you know, take a... You know, Argo Cargo put a bomb in there, and your release yeah. mechanism is going to be a guy just kicking it out the <laughs> just back. Just kicking it out the back. All right. Uh, next question comes from a boy named Doll who asks, "When do you think towing will be in game?" Oh, that's coming soon. Oh, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Go ahead, Digi. Go for it. You jumped in. <laughs> yeah, that's coming. Um, you said towing. Yeah, the yeah. MP. Uh, what is it SRV. Called? Uh, SRV. SRV. Yeah, that's coming. I think that's coming 319. I, I wouldn't bad doubt it. Yeah. The only, yeah. The only thing I'm, we'd be worried about is that CAG is uh, using the 318 code base for 319. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I don't know if it, if the code base can handle the 319 or the, the addition mm-hmm. of, of towing. It, I don't think it. Good point. I don't know if there's anything that would fundamentally block it. Mm-hmm. It's, not like a, it's not like a completely different way because we have towing. We have you know, uh, uh, tractor beams today. Tractor beams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if it would be bad. I don't know if it requires some fundamental change in the code that would need to be a new branch, but that would be right. my only hold up. But almost certainly they're planning on at least three nineteen. It would be my, be my understanding space coder. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm pretty sure the SRV is in production or at least the ship tractor beams are in production. Yeah. yeah. So they're definitely working. I think it's coming soon. Uh, now, especially now that there is salvage and soft death mm-hmm. is the big one where I think 
towing oh, might yeah. actually be a desired thing, especially mm-hmm. if they bring it in with the ability to, oh, you can tow your soft death ship to a, to a spaceport and they will repair it for you. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, 319, 320 is a reasonable. I, I agree that I don't think there is any technological blocker in there. I don't think there's anything in 318 that would screw with it, potentially. Mm-hmm. Unless for some reason they're using the 317 code base because I know that they did some very weird stuff with branching 317.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be a whole mess trying to pull it all back together now. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's coming pretty soon, actually. Yeah, like this year probably. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. If it's not three nineteen, then then before the end of the year, just because. Yeah. However, the more important question is, if we're gonna get ship tracker beams, are all the ships who are supposed to have tracker beams gonna get their? Yeah, tracker that's the question. That's a good question. Yeah, because yeah. And mm-hmm. according to the official documentation, the Cutty Black has a tracker beam in the back. Yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. You actually can so. see it on the uh, if you go to the the little two little sponsons in the front. It says "Warning: right. Tractor Beam Assembly" on the front. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um, all right, uh, here we go. Solo Fox asks, as software developers, how far do you think server meshing is after the meshing video on Thursday? Space Coder, I know you were you were you saw that and you wanted to jump on it. So, fuck, that's that, that's a loaded question. Uh, number <laughs> one, like there there is a caveat on this that uh, they have so much content from just that week of meetings that they are going to be releasing it over a couple episodes. That's why it's part one. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's, that's a one. big caveat that a lot of people seem to overlook. Uh, I think they have some form of server meshing working internally. I think there is a branch in there somewhere that they're working on and they have at least static server meshing going on or they have the tech that's required for it, you know, the authority handover and that kind of stuff. They have a work because they have been talking about it for in the very detailed terms. They spoke about it at this CitizenCon, and they spoke about it mm-hmm. at the CitizenCon before that. Yeah. And now they're talking about it, and I think CAG framed it a little bit not correctly with the ISC episode, where they made it look like they just started talking about it, but this, in fact, they're not just starting to plan, they're meeting to align the different teams, because what a lot of people don't realize is that all the people in that room, they represent different aspects of mm-hmm. the of the development there, there's multiple teams happening yeah. and they have that old strike force or whatever they're calling it they're different pieces so i think of they're Ultron that that is yeah. the strike team okay yeah yeah so i think i think they're far along i think they have some internal version of it working i don't think it's stable enough to get released 318 was a big part of it with persistent entity streaming i think the next thing is going to be the authority handover or some kind of authority tracking whether we're going to see it this year, I, I don't think so. I think it might need more time. But I think they are further along that they are you know, letting us know for yeah. reasons only known to CAG. Digital, what you, how do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's further along than they're letting on. And I think that's on purpose. And I think that's a good thing as well. Because you got to sort of manage the expectation a bit. Because one thing that, I, that resonated with me from that ISC was... Because I, I like to listen to what they say. It, it, yeah, I know there's a lot of opinions on that, but it, when you listen to the, some of the terminology that they're using and some of the way that they explain what they're doing, they it, first of all, server meshing is a very complicated thing. It, I try to explain it to people this way. When it comes to talking about things like server meshing or these different technologies, you, you can say that other 
companies have done things like this or have done this before. But in game development and in technology in general, it's a sandbox and you can have your own take on a specific, you know, uh, technology, if you will. Um, and the way that you're utilizing or building it for what you're trying to create. And so ultimately they have, I do agree that they have uh, some form of it functioning internally and they're doing tests and what have you. But now the, now that the, the, the goal is to scale that out, right. To um, decouple the replication layer from uh, the, uh, the simulation. I think that's the terminology that they were using. I know Chris said it in his uh, letter, most recent mm -hmm. letter. So you, you have like, they're being careful, which is good because there is some unknown that's coming up. Like as they develop this, there's going to be setbacks. Maybe they'll realize that they can, you know, that they're further along and maybe some of the setbacks that they expect don't happen, but then you can have surprises because technology is it. That's technology in a nutshell. I know, uh, uh, Jared always says the only constant in game development is uh, change. That's, that goes into technology as well. Whatever you're building, you know, especially when you're building it at scale or you're being very ambitious, doing or, you know, treading a path that's not commonly treaded, if you will, <laughs> or, or, or walked, it, you're going to have the trial and error, the ebb and flow of trial and error and figuring it out. Like I forgot the gentleman's name, but he was saying things like we're capable of, you know, uh, whatever we run into, whatever challenges we run into, we're capable of figuring it out, but we have to see what those things are going to be. So, you know, they may have a working, you know, uh, version of it internally, but they have to now get it to a place where it's ready for the, all of us, the rest of us, uh, the, 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 the rest of the players. So I, I, so to the question, I don't think we're going to see it this year. And I'm, I consider myself an optimistic type person when it comes to these sort of <laughs> But I don't think we're going to see it this year. I think we I think 2024 is a reasonable expect you know expectation. But uh yeah, I I'm going to just go ahead and temper my expectation and I hope it comes into 2024, but uh I don't expect it this year. And I think one thing to clarify on that by internal demo, I don't mean that they have a version of the game where they have multiple servers running it and they are flying around. It's probably like four object containers or two object containers with a little cube that just moves between them. Yeah. And it crashes every five minutes. And it just produces a bunch of logs on which, con which server has authority over which container and which server has knowledge of the cube. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And they're trying to develop that into a larger thing. Also, it seems like they're they might have from the at least from the language they used in in that video. It seemed like they realized that they're trying to tackle a very large item, and they've yeah. been trying to do it for the past year or so. And now they're trying to split it up, decouple different things, so mm -hmm. they can look at them separately. And that's the correct approach from software development standpoint. Mm -hmm. And to the non-believers who are watching mm -hmm. this video. <laughs> CIG have incredible talent working for them. They yeah. not only have people who have been with Star Citizen from the very early days working on this, they also have some of the best people from who left other companies working on this because yeah. there is Star Citizen is a massive project. If you're a game developer who is looking for like the next ambitious thing, you're going to apply to CIG. That's mm -hmm. Yeah. There I is. would know I have applied to CIG and I'm not even a game developer. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um, I as a non 
uh, software developer experience. It's also important to remember that uh, nobody knows anything other than CIG. We can, exactly. The best anyone can tell you is what they look at and from their own experience, and which can give you some good context, but mm-hmm. neither Digi nor the space coder can crack open what CIG exactly. is doing and look at the code. They can't see mm-hmm. what's actually happening. So because of yeah. that, we don't know. It's just, exactly. and, and anyone who tells you that they 100% know is probably trying to sell you something. Yeah. <laughs> we can yeah, just give you best, the, the best, the best options. Um, yeah, if I ever make it to CIG, every time I come on Captain's Table after that, they will have a guy standing behind me with a gun in his hand. <laughs> it'll just be Jake. It'll be Jake. Jake. It'll just be Jake with an axe. It'll just you'll, you'll yeah. peek around the corner every so often and be like, shut up. Don't say anything. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I'll put uh, the caveat to my video just for that reason, though, because there's no way. To, you're right, Paul. There's no way to know even if you are, you know, in that field, because, again, it's an it's there is CIG's interpretation of these different technologies, if you will. You know, yeah. so is their iteration is their approach to it. And so it's always going to be something that no one on the outside can really explain ex- except for someone inside of CIG. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. another thing that often people forget. It's like you, you all pointed out. It's like. Yeah, mm-hmm. server meshing has been around for decades now. The technology mm-hmm. and how to do it has been around, but right. no game that uses server meshing or no software that uses server meshing technology is built the same way. They mm-hmm. all have different purposes and different ways that they work. Uh, so something like, say, ESO isn't going to be the same thing, same solutions that Star Citizen is going to come up with because they exactly. have different approaches and different requirements for what they do. Uh, 100%. So... Um, there's there's no out of the box solution. There's not right. something pull in there and it's gonna work. At least not you, for Star Citizen. Gin and Tonic asks the space coder, "What size hat do you wear?" I don't wear hats. So you don't know? I have no idea. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna have to. I, I I don't have a whole lot of hair left up there. I'm gonna get, <laughs> get myself a beanie or something. Uh, that's my secret. I ain't get. I don't have any hair up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't go, you know, into, don't go into software development. You lose your hair, you know. Yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, I haven't given up yet. Like, eventually, I will give up and just go bald, like shave it all off. But I have not given up yet. Yeah, and I refuse. I've given up, man. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, it's Nick. Asks: Is there anything you feel CIG is misprioritizing? What would you like to see more prioritized? Digi, we'll start with you on that. Ooh, uh, oh man! Um, <laughs> after after we just talked about how we don't have no idea what CIG is doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. I am a fan of um, exploration, but I think server meshing would be well. I say that carefully because now that they got PES in, I personally believe that there's an opportunity there to get exploration into the game. I would love to see exploration this year. I don't know that we will get that, but I think with PES, like it opens up a door to at least do maybe a tier zero of one of the forms of exploration. Um, But uh, I wouldn't go as far to say that they're misprioritizing anything like that. And because of what Paul, what you just said, I I don't have an opinion there personally, as far as them misprioritizing anything. Because again, they know what needs to be done. And I like to believe they got the people in place to organize that in a efficient way. Cause you have fans that like we're all 
we all have an opinion of what we want to see in the game and they have to take all that information and determine what makes the most sense so to me i have to give them that that benefit of the doubt to assume that they're doing the best they can in that area okay the space cutter what do you think so we can't really judge what they prioritize or if they prioritize well or not well because we don't know what they're prioritizing until the last minute yeah. with the new roadmap until they until it's committed it's we just don't know until it's right. already like ready to go or yeah. or, or out the door like so. un, unless they're like 90 percent sure it's, it's gonna get in they're not gonna put it in there so we have no idea what they're working on like okay you can look at the progress tracker as much as they claim that the progress tracker is linked to their internal jira i think they're lying it, but, it's but not <laughs> it's not a direct feed. We know Jake actually goes through and filters it out and yeah, changes so, some stuff up. So it's so. heavily redacted, yeah, and, and like heavily edited to to convey a certain message. So it's not an accurate tool to measure this by. But on the other hand, I believe that CAG are aware of kind of the order of how they need to do things and kind of the long term priority. And I think they're doing the best they can do with the people they have and the resources they have and the stuff that needs to get done. Obviously, with a game of this size and with this ambition, everything is linked. The, I do not want to see the dependencies between the different items. It, it's right. probably a huge nightmare <laughs> in trying to figure out an optimal plan. Exactly. I yeah, think John Crew, John Crew stays up late at night just thinking about the Endeavor. So, yeah. uh, I, and I can't imagine what the people are who are like, you're in charge of medical. Like, okay, thanks. Thanks. I have no idea how I'm going to tackle this, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, but, but that's how it works. It's yeah. like, you get a ticket and it's like, do this. Here's a link to documentation. Make yep. game. <laughs> <laughs> do tickets. Yep. Do stuff. And then you have yeah. your manager pinging you. Like, perfect example from, from my job. Here is a five story point ticket, which... In layman's terms, it's, it's supposed to take you five days to do, give or take. Mm -hmm. And then you get it, you start working on it, and then every four hours you have your manager be like, hey, have you checked this in yet? Have you checked this in yet? Is this done yet? How are you progressing on it? And then they're like, well, here's a problem. We need to like need you to take a look at this like right now because there's a critical issue that, you, that needs your attention. I'm like, but there's 500 developers in here. <laughs> do, do you need me? I, I have this huge thing. So I think CIG are doing the best they can do with what they have as far as we yeah. know yeah and, and here's I, I, I will take this moment to say CIG's hiring so if you're looking for jobs and you really you if you, if you, yes. you can do it go for it CIG's hiring yeah, all if, if you're ready for the insanity go for it yeah and um uh who wants this or what is it the other one um not CIG but the the, the Montreal turbulent? team turbulent they're also hiring Oh yeah, so, mm -hmm. uh, they even opened a thing new office I... in Lyon, France. So it's like you know. But one thing that I want to add on to this, I think uh, a lot of people think, and I'm actually going to make. A, I, I'm publishing a video on this on, on Monday. So if you're watching this on Monday on YouTube, go, go watch, watch my video on it. Yeah. yeah, I'll have a link. Up uh, here. But yeah, but the gist of it is, uh, I think a lot of people think CAG are misprioritizing things because of the randomness of things that make it into the patches. For example, the new. The new Scorpius is a very good example, or the new Pisces. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, why do we have this? Like, why aren't you guys working on something else? So here's the thing. With how priorities work and how trying to chain that together is, you will have 
people, designers, developers, producers who have a couple hours here and there where they have nothing to do. Yeah. So they will look at their backlog and be like, hey, here is this small item. Like, oh, make model for thing. Okay, that's going to take me four hours. Let's do it. And they do it and they check it in. Mm-hmm. And that eventually this kind of cascades into, oh, here, I can assemble a new variant of a ship. Great. It's checked in. It's tested. Good. Slap it into 318. Done. Yeah. And yeah. this incremental small effort leads to big things eventually. And that's where you get the randomness, especially with new ship variants. Obviously, there is an element of, you know, cash grabs, but go watch the video. Moist eyeballs. (laughs) Moist eyeballs. Sheet deformation tech. Uh, Coffee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those are all examples of what you're talking about. It's like uh, they had some dude, like with coffee, they had... They had a guy who was working on a new, new AI tech designer, and they, mm-hmm. they were like, here's tools, uh, design something for us. You know? And so he's like, I'll make a coffee vendor. And so he made a coffee vendor using the tools. I'm like, yep. this is good. Let's pop it in because it's good content. We'll just put the content yeah, my, in there. My idea on how the CADR Pisces seem to be is they hired a new designer, and they were like, hey, here's, a, here's the models for Anvil. Uh, play around a little bit. And these yeah. guys like, oh, here's a med bay. Oh, this fits in there. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's put this together, slap some textures on it. Oh, that actually looks pretty good. Hey, let me show this to my manager. And we're just like, oh, that's pretty nice. Okay, fifty dollars a piece. Let's let's slap it in there. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> good job, underpaid intern. And and, yeah. and there is the problem is that we don't know how much of it is just dude dude just new hire got thrown in yeah. and said boom unless yeah. they tell us and how much of yeah. it is hmm. What was marketing thinking? What's what's how yeah. much money can we make? You know, <laughs> it's hard to tell. I, mean, I, mean, I think there's an element of of revenue optimization because CAG is still a company and we're living mm-hmm. in a capitalist world and they're still trying to make a shit ton of money mm-hmm. while developing this massive game. So mm-hmm. there is this element of it, and I think they just have a backlog of random ships and variants that they just throw out there whenever they can. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to think the worst, but like I think you guys nailed it. It's like it could have been as simple as this was a low hanging fruit. So now you got something extra that you weren't expecting because we could. And it's not a gimmick or a ploy, right? It's just simply that. And this is how it works. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you look at your backlog and you see a thing is like, oh, the. Yeah. Okay, it's low priority, low severity, but it's going to take me five minutes to do this. So exactly. Might as well do it. Mm-hmm. It could be All that right. simple. Next question comes from Fishy, who asks, do you think CIG will ever sell a starter pack where you se- uh, select a starter ship that comes from it with different bonuses depending on the ship? Like an Aurora plus UEC, a Mustang plus pistols, a 100 high with nice clothes. Do you think we'll see some sort of additions to that? Digi, I'll start with you on that one. Um, I would hope so. I think that's a cool idea. Um, whether they would do it, I don't know, because this system that we have has been the same for quite a long time. Um, I would personally like to see more options though, in that regard, because I think, you know, you have so many different, so many new players coming into the game and you have so many ships now. So it's like, I I see an opportunity there. I think it's a good question. Will we get it? I I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I will just say that I'm on board with you. I would like to see something like that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's a good idea. I like it uh, because then you can kind of tailor because when you have games releasing these days, you have multiple options for the game and they come with different in-game stuff. Right. Uh, so it's an interesting option. 
And interestingly enough, uh, remember the Origin 300i customizer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They that. could use that for this. Yeah. Very easily could be converted into it with probably some effort on the front end, but could very much be used this way. So I think very interesting idea. Could be worth the development time at some point. Though uh, I, I think the CAG want to sort of decouple from the starter pack sales model at some point in the future so you know there might be some shuffling going on there but they, interesting idea yeah I, I was gonna say something they've done stuff similar to that before but there's more like expansion packs like you got a special pistol mm-hmm. when you got the weekend warrior pack which came with uh, oh yeah the, uh, you got like a special suit with like the m50 yeah, I remember or the that one. yeah yeah uh, i remember the, that one. the pirate skin with the pirate pack and stuff so there was mm-hmm. there they used to do stuff like that and the, i was gonna say the 300 is the perfect example of doing that because yeah. when you reach a point like cag is going to reach a point where this game is going to be 60 dollars. the problem right. is is that the aurora is not worth 60 dollars. so no. if you're at 60 dollars, <laughs> it's like i'm just gonna get the 100 i or the cutter they're better they're just better ships but if you had an right. option, it's like, okay, well, you could you could take the worse Aurora for $60, but then you can also get this amount of stuff that you can customize for free yeah. with mm-hmm. the pack. So it gives you an advantage being like, hey, you know, I want to be a, a bounty hunter, so I'll take this taser and these armor sets, and I can get that with an Aurora, whereas I can only get the 100 or the one yeah, the 100 with that the price. I'll take that downgrade for that extra cool stuff. And yeah. It gives more of an interesting element to the purchase purchase beyond just ship so right right yeah uh all right next question comes from uh uh blazrad who asks if they don't do a new player experience now how else would you like them to to see them handling the huge influx of players that we're seeing currently the space coder what do you think signs put signs in landing zones signs and and force like shove the guide system down people's throats. Yeah, but you put it there for a reason. People are using it for a reason. You're rewarding people for using it for a reason. More throat shoving now, please. <laughs> uh, Digi, what do you think? Yeah, I think they can utilize the um. So they, the two things they can use the um, the home. What do you call it? The um. Where you choose uh, your arena commander. Oh, yeah, arena commander. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the main menu. I yeah. think they can utilize that more. Like, and I'm going to say something I said earlier. Like, push people to the community too. Like, it from within the game. Like, it just the main screen, though, not within the. Now, once you log into the persistent universe, not then, but in the main menu. Like, you know, you first time playing, check out our, you know, community hub you know, for guides or for this or that. Utilize that or use the game client, you know, to sort of, because they sort of use it now for the comm links, right? But like maybe flesh it out a bit more, like sort of just, that way they don't have to do the heavy lifting when they have us to do it. And again, I'm not self-plugging here because I'm yeah. saying the whole community, but I think that's an opportunity for them because again, like you already have these new players coming in, the free flies. And what are they doing? They, they'll they jump in and then they'll link up with people who uh, in groups and they'll learn how to play the game that way or just trial and error. But if you add just the little things, sometimes it's the little things that make the biggest impact. And I think if you utilize the game client and utilize the homepage and sort of give information there, like that's, I think that's a missed opportunity right now because on the home screen, you just have the three buttons. And you know, if you want to group up with people, 
But how about some information like you see on MMO clients, right? If you pop up a, any MMO client, little, you'll see side scroll exactly yeah. information like sort of funneling people to resources or information that might be useful before even jumping into the game. I think that might be worthwhile, yeah. personally. Uh, my biggest thing is take the guide system off of Spectrum and throw it into the game. Yes. Make yep. it an in-game aspect. Give it give yes. it a mission system where someone can accept to be a guide. They accept the mission. Someone who's looking for guides, you have some sort of say, hey, new to the game, try check out the guide system. You know, uh, check it out in your mobile glass. And you have a little little marker inside your mobile glass. It's just a guide. You click it and immediately accepts a mission to um, for a guide. And then that person will go, hey, cool, you're my new newbie. I'm gonna go find you. And then that 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 way you have an internal system that's in the yeah. game that encourages people to to do it because then they get you know UEC or other things for doing this sort of thing. It's kind of like a right. mentor system, and yeah. uh, you know. It, it's good to go now of, of course you're going to get trolls and other things like that but you're going to do that yeah. with spectrum anyways so it's going to happen no matter what you do right. right none of my recommendations by the way include spectrum i'm speaking yeah. more about the community hub yeah <laughs> but, which but has yeah, yeah. all these resources of like that so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they, they do have the new community hub where you can specifically filter out guides so exactly yeah. exactly yeah I mean, you half the it. time you can't log into it, but but that's 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 okay. You know, yeah, you would you would think they would would have fixed that by now, since they have a whole team. I think doing they addressed that. that. Uh, it, it could have been a dev post, but I think that's been a at least they've addressed it. I don't know if they fixed it, but I know they verbally addressed it. They, they acknowledge they, they haven't acknowledged it. it. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I but, think but it's a general fixed. problem with like their SSO across the page spectrum and and the new community hub and issue council. So it's yeah more complicated than that. Yeah. And on top of that, you've got Spectrum where you can't even see some posts unless you've signed into the website entirely. So that's right. Yeah. yeah. True. Uh, all right. Next question comes from uh, Fishy, who asks, what shenanigans will you be up to with the Argo SRV? Digi, what do you think you're going to do with the SRV, with that tow truck? <laughs> oh, man. I'm a lawful player. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I do. Don't get me wrong. Like... <laughs> Whenever I get a phantom crime stat, then I'll kind of lean into it sometimes. But mm-hmm. <laughs> with the uh, SRV, I don't know. Um, because I don't think you can pull anyone who has their shields up. No. So I don't know how much trolling you can do. <laughs> but I'm not your, I'm not one of your good examples of trolling anyway. So <laughs> I probably wouldn't get into any shenanigans. Um, but I'll definitely watch the shenanigans. That's for sure. I think I think all uh, what I'll try to do is get a uh, like a soft death ship, like an NPC soft death ship, and then f- roll with other people so that and do like the 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 Arlington missions and just mm-hmm. see if I can see if I can um, like flail, like t- turn another ship into a flail and just like spin the ship and try to get to <laughs> to the Idris and just slam a, 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 a derelict ship into the Idris. Use it like a. Like a like a wonky anime uh, psychic weapon, I guess you could say, but or or like a catapult, like like spin it and throw it and right, see if right. I can hit something. Space Goat, what do you think? Number one, try to uh, play around with asteroids. Yes. Possibly, you know, try to <laughs> orbital strike an outpost with an asteroid. Uh, number two, sling uh, sling mount uh, tanks. Yes, kind of sling fly them around. There you go. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not going to work. Uh, 
<laughs> but I, I'm very curious to try that because the sling mounting, like the number one thing that's missing for me sometimes when, especially when I need to move around vehicles, is sling mounting. Like I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure a Valkyrie should like weight in terms of weight, be able to carry a ballista or something. It just doesn't fit inside. But give me some yeah. steel cable and just yeah. hang it underneath, and it should work. Well, yeah, it even rope. has mounting points on the bottom. So yeah, there's rope which is supposedly in the engine that I keep yeah. looking at and going, I have no idea what you do. Oh but, yes, that's right. Uh, all right. Uh, next question comes from, if I can put this right, uh, from stop and sniffer who asks, do you think CIG will release the Scorpius Antares by Stella Fortuna in mid March, even if 318 isn't, is still in PTU? No, I think they're going to release it when 318 goes live. There's probably they specifically said on Twitter yeah. that it's for 318. So, yeah, yeah, and I think 318 is going to uh, drop yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think it'll happen before Stella Fortuna. I think, I think, yeah, here's, here's the thing, and this may be just my cynical nature coming through a little bit, which is I think come March, uh, let's see, March 3rd, which is two weeks from now, and if the game is somewhat working, the CIG is going to be like, let it go. Fuck it. <laughs> let's do it. Because I know Fuck CIG. We'll do it live. Yeah. I know CIG is also like, oh, we're just done with this patch. Just let it be over with. Please. Right. They, they dropped a hot fix today. So they've been yeah. busy on the weekend. That's a sign right there to me, too. Yeah. Hey, they're they're wrapping up. They're, they're trying to kick it. this they thing out the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you think about it, hanging. For, on 318 this long it's blocking other things down the stream yeah. so yeah so they have to get it out to get 319 out and it's just yeah yeah i, I would not want to be in the, in that daily meeting <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong don't tell say it's good say it's good don't you tip don't right, you do right. that qa no just lock qa out we don't need them in this in this in this meeting right now <laughs> don't, don't give me that look you know what don't even unmute yourself <laughs> Uh, all right. Next question comes from a velocity rapper who asks, now that you started talking about real estate, what would your dream homestead be like? Digi, I'll start with you on this one. Great question. I, um, I forgot the system is the system. I've seen it in the lore post. This is so perfect since we're on the Astro Pubs channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the location though. There's supposed to be this big tourist location or system. Oh man, but I Green? just want a homestead. Say it again. Green. It's in the Ellis system. It's the one where like it's like this big tourist system it's where they have the um the the Murray Cup in. Yes, yes, that one. That one. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That's the one. I, I sort of wanna uh I forgot which planet it was in that system, but I wanna build a homestead out there. Um perfect personally. Um the, there's that's a the location lot. I would like to say it again. <laughs> There's a lot. That system has like 12 or 13 planets in it. So it's yeah. like, and like four of I them forgot which one. Right. It might it's be four, exactly. Yeah. I forgot which one it was, but it was one in particular. I got to go back and read it to, to be more specific, but that's the system that I want to okay. have my first one in probably if I can, if I can swing it. What do you think, Space Cutter? Your ideal I, idea? I, mean, I, I don't have a location in mind. Yeah. I just know that just little house, a little hab, a little farm, Landing pad, you know, somewhere to park my cyclone and just 
go out there to chill every once in a while and, and you know, pick some carrots or something. That's, like, that's, that's where I want to live in real life. I just want to go away into the mountains and, and be there. And everybody leave me alone. But I can't do that. So I'll, I will do it in Star Citizen. Yeah. I forgot to answer that part, Paul. Um, yeah, as far as what I want to have, um, pretty much just... Uh, uh, it's funny because they just did the ISC showing the interiors and uh, not a, I know I already said the one system, but I'm very excited about those. Um, some of the images that they showed for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that you can, I think those are going to be rentable, like the ones in the major landing zones. But um, I personally do want my own homestead outside of the cities, but um, I'm kind of excited about just having a place you know, some of my favorite city locations or major landing zone locations. But um, I do want to, because I'm, I'm sort of going back to, I forgot the doc. It was like the career of the occupation doc that's been published for years. And they were talking about like even having your own factories and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't know how much of that they kept or plan to keep doing or to still do. But I, you know, as part of an org, of course, I, I, I'm hoping to have full you know, complexes at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, personally, I'd probably, I'd probably want a homestead on Towhill, Towhill Three, because it's it's a planet that's entirely a water world and it has no land masses, but it has floating dead and living flowers that have made these giant beds, like giant lily pads, as it were, that people have been built built cities on. So this is beautiful, like tropical location where there is no land it's just flowers everywhere you go so I'm like that's that's paradise those things break apart all the time but there we go i'll try to saw that so sounds like a good place to live if you have dry skin yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there you go uh next question comes from uh, shampasta Uh, no we already kind of answered that question about land claims so complete that uh, from Jake of No Trades, who asks, if you could design your own ship with function, manufacture, aesthetic, what would you make? Space coder. Wow. That's that's a very difficult question. So, so I like industrial ships. Uh, I like the, Ar- the Argo aesthetic, like the, the, the mole and the raft. They're very beautiful, I think. So I think something like that. Uh, also, I, I like the Orion as it is, and I think I would build something probably like in the mining area, probably like a smaller Orion and by Argo. It would be like orange VTOLs, and it would have a refinery and some storage in it. So just something that you can you know park somewhere and just use it as a refinery, something like that. I don't know. I'm pretty basic. <laughs> uh, I'll say mine's pretty simple. I, I've always had this idea of, uh, so there's a, there's a vehicle called the landing dock carrier or something. LHD, I think land, landing something dock um, that's used by uh, uh, Naval and Marine forces around the world, which is effectively just, it's a helicopter copter, but that's also kind of like a floating base. So uh-huh. it's less of a like a or it's like a, a aircraft carrier. But it's also used as like a floating base. Um, it's sometimes known as a helicopter carrier. And I've always said like the thing that people always miss don't understand is the distance in Star Citizen. Just how far apart things are. Stanton is tiny. Is very yeah. very tiny. 
compared to even Pyro, which is three times the size, and Nix, which is four times the size. So, and most most systems are bigger than Stanton. So, having the ability to carry other people's ships and vehicles is very important. But the Liberator is good, but it's too short range. We need something that's bigger that can carry ships and, and equipment and stuff for very long ranges. That's not dedicated just to combat. Something that is designed for living in and operating in as an organization or as uh, a group or being able to just ferry people to and from locations just because it's a lot cheaper to have one ship operating within an entire squadron or whatever. So LHD, thank you. Um, so yeah. yeah, good concept for that would be a ship that's basically just a bunch of docking ports yeah. and big engines. And you like dock a bunch of ships on it, and the people on those ships kind of stay on there. They just kind of are, you know, latched yeah. onto the bigger ship that launches them through space more effectively. I think something like that. I think there even is a concept for Squadron Forty Two for something like that. Possibly. Fizzy, uh, <laughs> what do you think? What your your if yeah. you could design one ship? Yeah. So, and I'm simple too, but um, so I'm a fan of the Carrick, but it's a military ship basically. Mm-hmm. I want the, and I know we have the Orion, not the Orion. What's the name of it? Uh, Odyssey. Odyssey. Um, And that's more like industrial, right? I want the pure explorer ship, like not military centric, not industrial centric, just like pure exploration. Um, If that makes sense. That's what I personally want. I want that. That has nothing to do with military. It's just nothing to do with military. With just scientific exploration. Exactly. Just get out there and explore. You don't, you know, not focused on combat, not focused on resource gathering and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. just like just going to find stuff. Yeah. You know, purposed just for that. That's what I personally want. All right. Next question. I'm going to have you answer this, Digi, then, then Space Loader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack of No Trades asks How do you guys think the new studios will affect production? The new Manchester spot is supposed to house up to 1,000 staff, or have we already seen the repercussions? I, I don't know that we've seen the repercussions already because I think they just, well, how long ago has it been since everyone moved in? Like August, Not even, November, uh, somewhere yeah. last fall. So. Right. I think we've yet to see the full benefits of what that affords, but I, I totally agree. It's funny because I work from home at my <laughs> uh, primary job, but I must say that the I think it is easier when you're in the office with, you know, the people that you need to collaborate with. Um, it does make that process a lot easier. You still have the meetings, of course, but I think the meetings are less when you can just get up and go to the desk of the person you need to have a conversation with. And it does help with, um, you know, ideas and, you know, brainstorming and, you know, just that cohesion. I think that does go a long way personally in my own experience, of course. So I think we've yet to see the full benefits of that. But I think we'll we'll start to see that very soon, like especially now that they're working on server meshing. Um, And, you know, we're I call this period of time crunch time because a lot of the things we've been hoping for, I think, is right on the horizon. So I think we're going to start to see the benefits of that very soon, personally. Okay. Space Code, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's, especially because CIG are very against working from home. Like they mm-hmm. want people to be coming into to the office. That's why they're moving into the new offices so they can have everybody in the same space 
So it's right. easier to communicate and there's ideas flowing because game development is, is a little more creative than your regular software development. Uh, so it's nice to have everybody in the same space. Myself also, uh, I work from home and I am never coming back to the office. Um, <laughs> Mostly because it's way too cold in there, okay? <laughs> it's just way too cold in that house. Uh, but I think we're going to see a lot of benefits with new ideas coming out, and they're also, I think also ISC is going to look a little bit better because they're going to have all the people in there. You know, I, I think it's going to be good. I think we're going to see a lot of benefits. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think it's... Uh, you also got to remember that it's also about... It's not just about... Um, efficiency. It's also about cohesiveness. Because mm-hmm. one of the things, like for instance, I know a lot of the people who work in the Manchester office do like Warhammer and tabletop games and all those sorts of things. Oh, uh, yeah. On top of just the normal video game experiences, and so they have it, an actual game room built in the Manchester studio that can hold mm-hmm. several regulation tabletop wargaming tables, which can also be used for Dungeons and Dragons, and they have a place where you can play video games. So. It's a place that they want to make it so that people can connect with one another over yeah. other things, which then can get people talking and and, and experimenting um, yeah. beyond just yeah, and that makes a huge difference. Having a place mm-hmm. where you can actually relax with your colleagues before or during or after work, um, especially if you're working closely with them, uh, even if it's just like sit down and play a game of cards or something like that. Just right, sailing away from right. the computer screen as you're staring at it all day. So, uh, yeah. I, I do miss that because I, I work from home now, but I was like the first, I've been here where I'm at now at for about eight years now. And for the, you know, of course, before that thing that you won't mention um, yeah. happened, um, always in the office, always having situations just like that, like what you were just mentioning, Paul, or events and, you know, gatherings even after work, right? But still at the office and stuff like that. And even like um, different like hackathons and stuff like that. It it makes a difference because you're building relationship with people. Mm. That's very different than doing that over over Teams or over, yeah. you know, Zoom or what have you. So it, it's a different experience. So I totally agree. I do miss you it. You know, until then, like, the people around you, they're working around you. It's, it's just a name on a screen. But then when you go right. in there and you hang out with these guys, then you know something about it. you know these people. So it's easier to communicate a lot of things. Exactly. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. uh, as as I'll, I'll I'll tap into my theater experience here. Um, video game development is a collaborative art. We mm-hmm. often put people like Chris Roberts or other. You know, uh, um, why am I blanking on his his name? Um, John Crew, John Crew. Well, I've been talking about other other video game developers, like other stars mm-hmm. of the video game development scene. Who you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh wow, like this person is a really big name because they they made mm-hmm. this game. You know, the the, the, right. the first creators of Doom, the the people who Cliffy made, B. Uh, yeah, Cliffy B. Those these <laughs> these people who you look at it's like, oh, they made this game, and right. often they're one person in a group of a yes. dozen, several dozen, exactly. a hundred, a thousand. And mm-hmm. in reality, they didn't touch like Chris Roberts, is, I'm sure, is working on the game, but I'm sure he's not touching all of the AI aspects or all no. of the balances to guns or the particle effects. I'm sure he reviews right. that stuff, but there's an entire team of people who do that. And when you're doing a collaborative art like that, mm-hmm. you need to have that connection with the people you're working with simply because you sometimes sometimes you need to be within hitting, t- taking a roll of newspaper and slapping something in the back of the head <laughs> uh, 
distance. Right. And sometimes you need to be within it with, you need to be able to just like have a cookie and be like, here, have a cookie. You did good. Enjoy right. it. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hideo Kojima, that kind of stuff. And that's, that's mm. really the stuff, the, you know, the sitting around and being like, well, what if we did this? And someone going, that would, that wouldn't work because this like, no, 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 let's try it. Let's do that. And mm-hmm. you do it and he goes, it works or it didn't work, whatever. Those, those sorts of free right. flow ideas is what often makes or breaks games. A lot of ideas that come from gaming and games were either spur of the moment changes or um, wins mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have happened if those people were on zoom calls, you know? Right. So, um, <coughs> so, uh, the last question, which is uh, a weird one, but I'll, 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 I think it's a good, a good kind of discussion question. And I'll start with you on this one, the space coder, oh, wow. uh, crucible meatball asks, do you think CIG will change all kinds of stuff after Starfield is released? No. Why not? Uh, everybody says CAG is going to change all sorts of things when Elite Dangerous Odyssey releases. Odyssey released, nothing happened. Actually, the only thing that happened is that a bunch of Elite players came over to Star Citizen because they realized that Star Citizen does it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we might actually see the same thing where, oh, a bunch of people are going to play Starfield and they're going to be like, eh, well, it's just Skyrim in space. But here is this other space sim thing that's been in development for a very long time and there is a there's a lot of a lot of content about that and it looks looks pretty shiny you know and i'm and there's a free fly going on right now like i wouldn't be surprised if like a month after starfield releases and like the activity starts dropping and the salt salt starts growing on social media stage you'll be like hey uh, we have a free fly for a week come uh, come check us out mm-hmm. and i think it's just gonna be odyssey all over again so I think nothing's going to change. We're just going to gain more backers. Yeah. What do you think? I basically agree. I, I think Star Citizen is his own game. It's not looking at other games for inspiration. It's trying to be its own thing. And I think, and, and not only that, it's it's trying to be this, this, this groundbreaking thing. So I don't think that, I don't think Starfield matters in that part. I think, you know, with the, the at least the way I see it, it, the way the devs go about this, they have their own ideas of what they want to achieve. Chris Roberts have his, has his own idea of what's, what, he, what he wants to achieve. And that's the focus. You can take inspiration from other games, but you're not waiting for this game to drop to see what you can steal because you have your own ambition. You have your own ideas. You have your own goals. And you they're pretty much working on like CIG, their heads are down right now and they're working on their games. So they're not waiting, sitting there twiddling their thumbs waiting for these other big ticket games to drop to steal ideas or to borrow this or to say, oh, we need to add that into our game now. I don't see that being the case at all. And like Space Quarter said, there's been games already that's come out that that was supposed to happen with and we see what happened there. So it's its own game and it's a huge game. It's ambitious. It doesn't need to do that. That's my take on it. Yeah, I, I like what Cyber Cyber um, um, Tenny Tenny well said, which is uh, it's it's Star Citizen Starfield is the game you you uh, you play when you need to break from Star Citizen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a great it. game for that. Um, mm-hmm. It's also important to remember. I'm gonna play it. Yeah, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna cover it because I know it's I mean, yeah. it's a sci-fi game, and mm-hmm. I'm 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 a big proponent, and I know member members of CIG this big proponents of mm-hmm. uh, rising tide floats all boats. There's no mm-hmm. reason why people can't buy Starfield and Star Citizen. Exactly. Yeah. There's exactly. nothing stopping them from doing that. Uh, right. And 
the reality is, is that sci-fi space gaming is a small niche. Yeah. Is, this isn't Call of Duty. This isn't mm. a, a strategy game. This is not a MOBA. It, it, there's, there's, there are so many other genres out there that are so much bigger and have so mm. much more attention to them. So that when, uh, you know, and, and you'll see the same creators, the same uh, fans will all gravitate to those games. Like um, mm-hmm. Everspace 2 is coming out soon. I can almost guarantee you we'll see some Star Citizen, some Elite Dangerous, some Kerbal Space Program. We'll see the people who are streaming and playing uh, sci-fi games will be playing that game and streaming when it comes out. Because yeah. it's we were starved of content for a lot of these sorts of uh, sorts of things. So... Uh, the <coughs> the reality is is that nothing's going to change with 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 the Star Citizen. Mm. The, the Starfield is not trying to be Star Citizen. Star, Star Citizen is not trying to be Starfield. Not even with Squadron right. Forty Two, same thing. They're just they're different things for different people. And mm-hmm. some people will will look at it and go, "Hey, you know, I really wish I could fly down and explore all of the the levels of the planet with my with my ship." Oh, Star Citizen does that. I'll try that. Out. And other people will be like, "You know, I was I was I like Skyrim and I like Fallout. I don't know, but Bethesda is doing a space thing. What's it? Maybe maybe they go, "Oh, wow, I really like this this space idea of flying in space and combat. I wonder if there's other games that do that and find Star Citizen." It's just the, I think it also comes back to what we said at the start of the first segment. Everybody watching on YouTube, go watch that if you yeah. haven't already. Uh, that playing other games, especially when you're already a Star Citizen backer, playing other games makes makes you miss Star Citizen. It's like, yeah. oh well, I'm missing this. I'm used to this from Star Citizen. You know what? I I want to go play Star Citizen now. <laughs> and and I think a lot of people and and you know social media algorithms they work their magic. And I think we'll see you know people watching Starfield content and it's gonna start recommending them Star Citizen. No, and, and there's going to be a lot of overlap, people coming back and forth. So I think I think ultimately everybody's going to play everything, and we will see who sticks with what. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for the last question for for the day. Thank you so much to Digimaster, Digital Master, and um, the Space Coder for coming on and uh, talking with us. Uh, make sure you check out their their own YouTube channels, their TikToks, their social medias, and so on and so forth. It's Digital Master Gaming on YouTube, right? Yes. That's and, it's, and it's the, the space coder. Make sure you also check out the armory. It's um, very good if you want to know all about FPS armors and weapons and stuff like that. It's uh, and and I know the space coder is what lost many many sleepless nights trying to fix that. Is it? Is it <laughs> I am actually doing team? a full redesign of it right now, and I and I hope to have it by now. But it's so fundamental, and I'm so good at procrastinating that I didn't get it done. <laughs> but it okay. will be done at some point. At some point, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's that's. Make sure you check that out. And if you enjoyed this, come join us live at Twitch.tv/theastropub or YouTube.com/theastropublive, where you can watch your own captain's table and ask your own questions as well. And I, I don't, I don't always say this, but I always want to kind of put this out there. If you would like to be on the captain's table, all you got to do is reach out to me on Discord, through so other social medias. I'm on um, uh, Twitter. And say, hey, I'd like to come on. I, you don't necessarily have to be a content creator. I'd prefer you have content creation experience or something else like that. Because it's always nice to kind of promote other people in the, in the verse. Uh, but yeah, just just reach out and see if you want to come on and uh, try to schedule a time for it. That's always important. But like I said, or before I go, 
I want to hear your thoughts if you're watching this after the fact in the comments below. If you're listening to this in the podcast, I'd like to hear your thoughts as well on any of the stuff we've talked about. And uh, make sure you remember to to like, leave a rating, and uh, subscribe for more content from the, like this. And like I always say, hope to see you someday in the black.